I've had the privilege of being in and around banking for more than 50 years. Lots of changes during that time. We've gone from ledgers to laptops, typewriters to technology. One thing, however, remains the same. Banking is a people business, and I'll be talking with those people that make banking great here on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Welcome to Jack Rants with Modern Bankers, brought to you by RELPRO and Vertical IQ. Each week I feature top voices in financial services, from bankers and consultants to best-selling authors and many more. The goal of this program is simple, to provide insights, success practices, and to bring new ideas to the table that you can use to maximize your results. As I mentioned, I have a best-selling author as my guest today. She is Elizabeth Cottrell. Elizabeth earned a BA in biology from Randolph College and an MS in human anatomy from Tulane University School of Medicine. After several years in working on research projects, project management, and freelance writing, Elizabeth launched her own company, heartspoken.com in 2010. She was elected board chair at First Bank in Virginia in 2016. Elizabeth is the first female chairperson in the bank's 100 plus year history. What I wanted to talk with Elizabeth about today is her fabulous book, Heartspoken, where she tackles the critical issues of writing notes that help nurture personal and business relationships. Take note, everybody, of my session with Elizabeth Cottrell on Jack Rats with Modern Bankers. Here we go. So as I mentioned, uh, my good friend Larry Levine uh, had a program with Elizabeth uh, a number of months ago, and I listened to it, and it was just after the book came out, I think, and it was uh, it was just terrific. So I had to ask if if she would be on, and it's it's so interesting that Elizabeth is the chairwoman of uh, First Bank in Virginia, so we have so much in common. But Elizabeth, the book is just fantastic. Everybody should have it. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Jack. Been looking forward to this. And it is synchronicity that our paths cross this way. Indeed it is. And we're going to talk about kind of old school stuff here today, but it needs to be current school uh, and future school. And that's writing notes. But before we get into this, as you know, on every program, I like to ask you a question about uh, about what's going on in, in the world and your life. Tell me something good. Well, something good is that I have lived long enough to enjoy the technology that allows us to do what we're doing today and, and so much more. And yet we can still hang on to the, um, as Larry Levine says, everything old becomes new again. We can, we can rejoice in the, um, in the re the rebirth of some of those great old values. I was playing golf uh, recently with a bunch of buddies. We have eight guys that have played golf together since we were freshmen in high school and we're fortunate enough all to be around and healthy enough and we we all talked about leisure suits and we were wondering when leisure suits were coming back so we'll we'll see when that happens but I um, wish I didn't remember what that was but I do <laughs> yeah yeah the look wasn't wasn't terrific well I want to take a decent dive into your book but I also like to find out uh, about why all of the whys what was the inspiration for this book well, Jack, the inspiration, and I, I will <clears throat> give my daughter full credit, um, and, and also a stranger. Um, I had always taught, uh, 
I was taught to write notes. I was my mother, my grandmothers, they all they all did it beautifully and it was the thing to do. And um, it was nice manners. Um, but the day that I got a letter from a stranger was the day that my mind shifted about how important it was. And this lady um, had just lost a son to suicide. And I didn't know her. I didn't know her son, but I knew her son's fiance. And I had written that young woman a note of sympathy. I have no idea what I said. I just know that I was just feeling so sorry for her and wanting to reach out and comfort her. And she shared my note with her future mother-in-law. And the woman wrote to me and said that it was a lifeline at the worst time in her whole life. And she had read it 25 times. Now, <laughs> what did I say? I have no idea. But that was a light switch in my head that writing notes is way more than just good manners. So I, I, I did kind of up my own game of writing notes. And um, some people would say, oh, you write such nice notes. I never know what to say. I wish. And finally, somebody said, I wish you'd write a book. <laughs> well, that seed um, planted uh, probably years um, thinking about it. And my daughter on April 2020, one month after COVID, with the whole world shut down, she called me for my 70th birthday. And she said, Mom, I know your calendar has gone from completely full to completely empty, just like everybody else's. And I want you to get that book written. <laughs> and to make sure that you do for your birthday, I'm giving you time with a friend of mine who is an accountability coach. And her friend called me every day for the first six months of that year. And I got that book written. So so a stranger and my daughter. That's wow. the that's the why. So it took you six months to be able to do this. Um, and I, I just think that <clears throat> the subtitle of the book, and I don't know how you came up with this, but I, I think the subtitle is truly outstanding. How to Write Notes that Connect, Comfort, Encourage, and Inspire. Um, talk about those words and why they're so important in note writing today. Sure. Well, connection... I think we are hardwired for connection as human beings. And um, and I think that that's something we probably can say, can, can nod when we hear that and say, yes, I agree with you. But the science is actually catching up in terms of, of the importance of connection for mental health, physical health and everything in between. So I have actually been writing about connection for years in my blog um, because I believe that the four essential connections of my life with, with my higher power, with others, with myself and with nature. If something's wrong in my life, it's usually one of those four that I need to work on. So I was already thinking about connection. And of course, what is writing note, a note, but a, a connection tool. But when I came to realize that it was not just a tool, it was almost what I call a superpower um, it became my mission to convince people that, yes, you can do this and it's going to be the closest to being to having a superpower that you're ever going to have. That's just and 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 to to the rest of it, besides connection, encourage, you know, inspire. I, I try to encompass the very the 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 real width of what the spectrum of what kind of notes we can write. People think about thank you notes and sympathy notes, but there are, there's so much more. And um, that was what I was trying to convey in that subtitle. 
Well, and, and it's great. And, and in the back of your book, toward the end, you write all kinds of paragraphs about the different kinds of notes that you can write, and you give some tremendous examples. And by the way, speaking of example, I got to show you all this. This is great. So when I get the book, uh, I, of course, get a nice note from Elizabeth. And one of the things you talk about is, you know, okay, here's your nice note with your name on it, which was great. But it can be on a scrap piece of paper. It can be on a post-it note. It can be on, you know, lined paper. It can be anything. It, it really isn't the media so much. It's really the message that's important. It absolutely is. And 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 as soon as some of your listeners hear that, they're going to say, yeah, the message is important, but I don't know what to say. And, <laughs> and that's where we have to just take a deep breath. And there's a wonderful quote. It's attributed to Maya Angelou, but she says she didn't say it, um, that we people don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. And what that that's what people will remember. So stop stressing about the words and and just get what's in your heart out there. Um, uh, even if it's just a friendly thinking about you, believe me, that's still greatly appreciated. But yes, to your point about we can write on anything, there are, I've, I, I, one of the best things about having written the book is hearing stories from people now about unusual letters and, and correspondences. But there was a delightful correspondence between a baker and a I want to say a chocolatier and he wrote his letter letters on uh, flower sacks and she are flower bags and she wrote hers on sugar, <laughs> sugar bags. Love it. I love it. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this when I was a kid. Uh, <clears throat> I was in high school, uh, maybe freshman in college. And my passion has always been play by play of sports. And I, that's what I really wanted to do. So I was dabbling in it at the local radio station and I wrote a letter to uh, a guy who pretty famous in Chicago, Jack Brickhouse is his name, and uh, he's since passed, but he was the play-by-play -play voice of the Chicago Cubs for many, many years, as well as other things. And I wrote him a, a, just a, a, a note, and I, I, I don't, I didn't type it, I just wrote it. And uh, I said, you know, I'm, and I sent him a tape of one of the games that I did, never expecting to hear back. And he wrote me a two-page letter, and he said, you know, Jack, you should continue your career, push forward, and I've listened to your tape. And by the way, here are two or three things I'd suggest. So I know he listened to the tape because he made some very specific recommendation. That has always stuck with me. And in fact, I framed the letter and I still have it. Those, that's the power of this. But you talk about in the book, when you, when you start, uh, early chapter, you talk about the three whys of writing notes. What are the three whys of writing notes? Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it could, certainly can be different for different people, but, um, but why do I want to write better notes? You know, why is it worth the effort? Why does it make a difference? Um, and I think as you think through those three, and I, I think that's, are those the three you're talking about? Absolutely. Um, because um, when we, we have that mindset of, one of the things that we can make a difference in life is to connect and to make a difference, then that really becomes a very motivating thing. And it shifts in your head that, uh, that sense of obligation to know this is an opportunity. Um, and so that's why, and, and then is it worth the effort? Well, I will not lie to you and tell you that you're going to get praise for every note you write. 
most of them will go into a black hole. You will not know whether they made a difference or not. But all it takes is a handful over your lifetime and you will know that you have left a legacy that's made a difference. Um, and the story I love to tell about that is when my uh, my husband's a retired physician. And of course, he had a wonderful relationship with the pharmacist in, here in our little town. And when that pharmacist retired, who and he was a generation older than my husband, um, my husband wrote him a note just congratulating him. And he said, Milson, I know because my patients told me how often you gave them a break on the cost of medicine if they couldn't afford it. I also know that you delivered medicine on weekends and at night sometimes. And I just want to thank you. And oh, by the way, I also remember the time that I made a mistake on a prescription and you called me and said, Doc, is that what you meant? And you saved me from making a mistake. And so he wrote that lovely note, um, thinking no more about it. And fortunately, that man lived another 15 years or so before he died. And we went to the funeral home. And as soon as my husband got in the door, the oldest daughter came running up to him and said, Dr. Cottrell, Dr. Cottrell, thank you for coming. I have, you have no idea how much your note meant to dad. And we have been going through his things and we found it. And it was in his Bible. Oh, wow. It was in his Bible. And so that note now, now, and they had passed it around and there were five children and tons of grandchildren and they, and, and spouses, every one of those people then had a glimpse into their father or grandfather's life that they wouldn't have had otherwise. So, so the idea of the ripple effect is just, it, it's what keeps me going. <laughs> well, and, and you and I are old enough to remember, um, you know, the power of these notes. And I, you know, we all talk about, you know, maybe they don't do it anymore in class, but maybe they text each other. But we used to pass notes around about this girl or this guy or whatever the case might be. Um, and and I think today what's happened is we're we're in this short cycle world where we expect that if we do something, we get some. And your point about selflessness and about just writing the note because it's the right thing to do and how it can have an impact on people, doesn't matter if they write you back and say, well, Elizabeth, thanks so much. The, the impact you made is really important. And I think that's kind of paying it forward. But you 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 write in the book and you didn't use this word, but I, I will uh, because I like to rant. Uh, that this is really a lost art of writing notes. And you you write in the book, there are seven reasons, and I call them excuses, not for not writing notes. What are some of the reasons people tell you that they don't write notes? Well, the biggest one is I don't have time. Um, and of course, that, that is, we're all busy. Um, and there's no question that 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 that, can, that that is probably the first thing that pops up. But let me just suggest that there are people who have made time. Um, the first governor or the first President Bush is famous for all of the notes that he wrote over his lifetime. Um, the uh, retired CEO of Campbell Soup Company, Conant, I've forgotten his first name, but he wrote is supposedly wrote over 30,000 notes to employees. So it's it's you have to make the time for like you do for anything that you think is worthwhile. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. Um, the other thing is that they don't know what to say. And we've already talked about that. And 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 that is one of the 
uh, one of the things is that I suggest in my formula, and we'll talk about that, but is to take a moment to take a deep breath and just trust that your heart will tell you um, what to write if it's really sensitive. A lot of times it's not a sensitive note. It's just a thinking of you, thought you'd enjoy this, you know, uh, thank you so much that it's not something really delicate or sensitive. But um, so those are the two big ones. Let me just look here and make sure. Um, oh, here's the biggie, not the biggie, but I, I would put this next in, in the rank. And that is, if you don't make it convenient, not going to do it. If you have every time you write a note it, or think about writing a note, if you have to scramble around the house or the office and look for your stationery and your pens uh, and your stamps and all of that, it, you know, it's just going to be too much trouble. So um, set yourself up for success um, by having stationery that you can just grab, by having it close by that you can just grab, by having the pen nearby, by having the stamps and 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 all of that. Um, and it work. It's a different system for everybody. From for some people, it's a drawer. I have a particular part of my desk that I do it. I also have a little tote bag that I a tote that I, if I'm going to go to a different room, I can grab it and carry it. So and then really great if you have a little zip bag that you can carry your stuff or a briefcase when you have a few minutes in a doctor's office or waiting for an appointment. So set yourself up for success. Is the is probably great advice from that standpoint if you're serious about wanting to do better at it well, well that's interesting because i was going to ask you you are the what I, I'll, I'll call you the ultimate note writer of this generation because you do it so well and so much and i was going to ask you like for example linkedin we talk about linkedin and when you get up in the morning or when you get to the office maybe the first 15 minutes just do something on linkedin for 15 minutes and I was going to say, well, is there a time of day you do this? It sounds like when it comes to you, you you feel, oh, I, I got to write a note to Fred because of X. And you're carrying stuff around with you so you can meet the moment uh, and, and to be able to do that. When you travel uh, and when you go out, do you do this? Like if you're at a Panera and you get an idea, oh, I got to write a note. Do you carry the stuff along with you? Uh, I, I usually have access to it, but that's, it's not all, it, it often is not convenient. Um, and so I pull out my phone and I dictate myself a, a note. Um, I, I actually use Trello. Uh, so um, that's, yeah, it's not always convenient. And, and um, so, and I, there again, don't get yourself weighed down by what other people do. Um, you find your own rhythm. So I don't write every day. Usually I do, but I often, I do batch. I do batch writing. Um, mm -hmm. Just That just works for me when I have a, a bit of time and I have a list of people that I know that I want to write to. With exceptions, some, some are time sensitive and you just get those out, but m more often than not, a day or two one way or the other doesn't matter. So find your own rhythm. Um, but, um, and, and yes, if you, if you think of a, have a tickler system of some sort, whether it's to write it on a piece of paper in your pocket or, or send yourself a message. It's one of those discipline things. If you don't have the discipline to do it, if you don't have the feeling that I feel it's important to do for somebody else, it's, it's never going to happen. You, you talked about <clears throat> the pharmacist and how, 
he kept that letter, that note from your husband and passed it around. I'm sure in the book, when you did some, you wrote the book, I'm sure you did some research on this, but what's, what's the psychology behind people keeping these notes? And I, I got to tell you, you know, we mentioned before we started taping, um, this will be my last show that we're taping at my current home that we've lived in for 30 years. <clears throat> and we're moving to a new home and we're going to build a new house and all the rest of it. As we go, as we have been going through all of our stuff for 30 years, we found notes that people have wrote us a long time ago. Oh, welcome to your new home. Uh, my daughter would write us notes, my son. And we kept them for some reason. And, and, and when I said to my wife, Oh, you know, those are all, no, we're taking them along with us. Why do people hold on to these notes, Elizabeth? That's a great question. And just to, just to clarify, um, the pharmacist did not share the letter. His, he put it in his Bible and he just read it over and over himself. Um, yeah. He, it was his children that shared it, but um, Jack, I think it's, I think it is the fact that that letter represents Somebody who has taken it, has touched it, has thought about it. It's a tactile as well as an emotional reason. And um, and I think that we don't even think about why we don't throw those away, why we throw the, the junk mail away and we don't throw the, the, um, the handwritten notes away. And now it's so rare to get them that that's even more reason. But there is no question that they are saved. I had someone at church come up to me about a year ago after her father died and she was cleaning out his things. She said, Elizabeth, daddy had a basket by his chair with all of the notes he got. And when we were going through them, half of them were from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he don't, you know, people do save those things and it represents love in it's, it's a physical manifestation of a bit of love that somebody felt enough to, to reach out and, um, and there's that ability to read it again so that if you get a text message, you may it may feel, make you feel like a million bucks, but you, you're not likely to go back and look at it again. But but that feeling that that letter generated for you in you is something you can enjoy over and over. And, and older people, especially when they can't get out, they can't see people in person. Those notes are a lifeline. You, you, and that's <clears throat> excuse me. That's part of the subtitle of your book, the inspire part, the, the feeling that I remember that. That was such a great moment in my life, et cetera. Well, one of the things I like about your book and, and a lot of books that I read is this whole idea around practicality. And so, you know, we, we okay, we want to write some notes, but you've put together a formula that you've called notes. Talk about the formula. I did. And um and, and that just, for me, I just need quick little things. So um, I was hoping that this might kind of be a, be a way for people to remember. So N, N O T E S is my, is my formula and N is for natural to write as you speak. So I think it helps some people to stop stressing if they can just think about what would I say if they were right across the kitchen table from me. And, and that's what I mean by natural. O is for open, and that is where what I've mentioned a couple of times to just take a moment to open your heart to why you're writing and and what you want to say, and and expect that the words will come to you. 
and to be clear about your intention. What, what do you want to convey? What do you want the other person to experience when they read your note? T is for tell. And this um, is, is to tell a story, to tell, um, to tell why. So I think it's perfectly okay to start a note and just say, I'm just bereft. I, I, I'm, I'm just so sad or I'm so thrilled or I'm whatever. Tell them what you're feeling and then also tell them why. Um, and so the tell is just one. <laughs> I wrote a note one time to um, after a great uncle died and I wrote to his wife and I said, Uncle Jim took me fishing one time and and the only thing I caught was a shoe, but he just thought it was wonderful that I so and I told that story. Well, that went around the family and people just love that. So E is for empathy. This goes back to the thinking and feeling about put yourself in their shoes. Um, and that's what empathy is, is all about. And S is for share. And it's also for specific. So share. Um, not just thank you for the nice wedding gift, but thank you for the blue bowl. It's sitting on my kitchen counter and it reminds me of my grandmother and I'll think of you every time I use it. So those that that's the notes formula and um, may not be work for you, but for a lot of people have felt it gives them just a little bit of, they can kind of run through that acronym and think about, and, and not everyone applies to every type of note, but right. it's just a little tool, a little, little trick. Yeah, and I think there's a myth as we talk that people say, well, okay, this has got to be a, you know, Shakespearean novel here. It's it's two sentences. Point. That's that's it. You know, Great it doesn't point. have to be Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the nicest notes I ever got was my husband and I had volunteered at an event and the, the event organizer just said, um, "Dear Elizabeth and John, couldn't have done it without you. Thanks." You know, and and it, it handwritten well, and you know, Jack, I mean, may I just mention one please. more thing? Because you alluded please. to it, the tactile piece about why notes are so special and why we save them. How how often I have heard people say, I recognize my father's handwriting as soon as I see it. Hmm. Um, my mother's handwriting. There, there's something about seeing a recognized handwriting that takes you back um, to that person. And it's true with notes. It's true with recipes that people have handwritten. Um, and I even just literally this week heard somebody say she was going to go back in her record of correspondence and make sure that she or try to find a letter from every special person in her life so she could save their handwriting, which I thought was kind of fun. That is so neat. Well, <laughs> you inspired me uh, when my grand twins uh, started the eighth grade this year as a result of your book. <clears throat> and we text all the time back and forth, but I thought, well, I'm going to write them a note. Good I for you. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, well, it's all thanks to you. And, uh, you know, it, it just reminded me after I read the book, I should just write them a short little note. Um, and I, I remember my eighth grade as one of my best times of my life. Uh, I met some really good friends. Uh, and then one of them plays basketball and one of them kind of draws and does a lot of art and photograph photography. And so I tried to customize it for that. And it was short and, uh, you know, it was not perfect handwriting, but I think they got the message. I'm trying to model the way. I'm curious, um, and maybe you don't know this uh, about schools, 
what what are, what are schools doing? What is education doing now to foster this whole concept within the techno all the technology that we have? What are they doing to foster the concept of writing notes? Not enough. I, I'm not aware that they're doing. I'm not aware that it's part of the. Um, oh, what's the word that they have a they have a curriculum that they're required to kind of use at least in Virginia. Yeah, STEM. Um, I think it is. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's yeah, that's one of them. But um, at any rate, no, not enough, not enough. And um, there is a wonderful young woman named Ashley Pritchard and she, uh, Ashley Campbell, sorry, and she has a company called Carl and Blue, and she is dedicated. That company makes stationery for kids, hmm. and um, she is actually put together. And she's got a wonderful name for it. I've forgotten, but a pack. It's got two thank you notes. It's got two sympathy notes, it's got two congratulations notes and it's two happy birthday cards. And the idea being that the child will, is bound to encounter those th those four situations if the parents will encourage them to write. And it's, you know, very, the graphics are very child centric and made for elementary school when they've started to write that kind of thing. Um, but you touched on a couple of things. One is, you are modeling it. And that's what we all need to kind of take on, take on. And the second thing is you tailored, customized. I actually had a couple of young people that I was picking their brains. One was um, nine and one was 11. I was picking their brains about what, what, you know, do you like to get notes? And, and the, the, the nine-year-old boy said, I like them if they're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a wonderfully honest answer because um, so the point is, if you can know what they are interested in, do they like dinosaurs? Do they like sharks? Do they do they like sci-fi? So um, I think that's all that's all important. And if I may make a suggestion and I have not done this myself, I, I've saved them, but copies, but I haven't put them together. But save your a copy of what you send your grandchildren because they may not even appreciate them now, but then give it to them when they turn 21 or, you know, put them together in a, in a little folder or book or something like that. That's a really good idea. <laughs> Let's switch topics a little bit. Let's talk about the business side of this. Um, sure. When I was at a company uh, before, <laughs> excuse me, before I started my own company, I would do something called four a days. And I would pretty dedicatedly uh, every day, I would read a, a newspaper called the American Banker or other local newspapers. And I would find articles and I would rip them out and just send a post-it note, say, Jim thought you ought to see this. And I would do it every single day. I also got to the point where I, I just abhorred uh, sending Christmas cards because everybody did it. So I started sending Thanksgiving cards. Um, and I would write a little bit of a note in there because usually by around Thanksgiving time, I would do it on a Sunday watching the Bears game. And by the time November comes around, the Bears are usually out of it. So I didn't I could just kind of watch it in the background. Um, what's your take on holiday notes within within inside a holiday greeting card? I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say. <laughs> a, a greeting card without a note is it's an awful lot of money that you spent for not much impact <laughs> um 
I, uh, and it's, and I get it. If, if you've got a long list, it's, it's tough. It's, it's easy to stick the note. I mean, I, we've all done the, probably the, the, the letter that we reproduced and stuff. But even if you do that, put a little personal note in it. Um, uh, and, and I, I agree with you. I have actually, um, I, I, I call it the holiday season. And I think the season in, in our country starts with Thanksgiving and goes through new year. And I just encourage people not only um, to spread it out so that the people receiving them can enjoy them over a longer period of time, but because we get so stressed out in December, you know, the closer it gets to Christmas, the worse it is. And so if just, just you spread that list out and send a few Thanksgiving cards and send a few Christmas cards and send a few New Year's cards. And, and heck, if you can't do that, Valentine's Day is not, not too far down the road. So, so I really think, and I, and I just, please, please, please take, spread it out and take the time to put a little note in it. You brought another important point up though. And that is, there is nothing like the impact of an unexpected note. So that you, what you were talking about, cutting out an article, um, sending somebody a book, sending as just sending them a note saying, I saw such and such a movie last night, powerful, reminded me of the discussion we had blah 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 those notes really um they show that 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 person was top of mind for you um it'll help them put you top of mind and um so that those are that that's a wonderful practice and i expect if you interviewed top salespeople, um that most of them would have some kind of a practice like that very true um, you, you started this program by talking about the president of Campbell Soup and how he sent 30,000 notes to his employees. What's your take on um, sending notes to internal colleagues? What's happening around that today? That's a, a great question. Um, by the way, I re finally remembered his name, Doug. Doug Conant was his, is his name. Um, I don't... I, I actually... Um, our, the CEO of our bank is is good about it, um, uh, and, and I, I see it. I really honestly think there's a bit of a resurgence. I'd like to think that anyway. Um, but you you are really right on point in asking the question because writing professional notes is a little different than writing um, personal notes in some ways. For one thing, um, there are some boundaries that we have to be sensitive to. Um, uh, Sadly, um, men have to be careful about women that they are that are employees, <clears throat> not to be too friendly, not to be too intimate, but just, you know, there's that 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 caring thing. Um, and I actually learned an important lesson from my CEO of our bank um, that I had to be careful, uh, certainly to write a sympathy note or write um, to write a thank you note, but. But to do more than that, sometimes you don't know about employees behind the scenes. So if, if I might just say, oh, I, it would be so nice if I wrote to the regional manager and told him what a great job he was doing. Um, but if I don't check with my CEO first, I might find out that maybe he's not doing such a great job. And I didn't know it because that's not the kind of thing that gets brought to a board on a regular basis. And that would be embarrassing for my CEO, for the chairman of the board to have written and said, you're doing a great job when, in fact, <laughs> maybe he wasn't. So there's a sensitivity and a communication that needs to occur if there are some 
in that ward in my in that particular situation. But um, I do in my in I do try to write when people have milestones, 20 years with the bank, 15 years with the bank. I try to write notes for those um, if I get we actually have a newsletter that that information is published every month. So that's easy. But I do rely on on our executive secretary to let me know about personal deaths and the family and and that kind of thing. But um, but I, there is a, there is a place. And again, I think a CEO can encourage that among their own staff by providing them with stationery, providing them with with um, a note card and a, not even folder fold over note, just a single note that that. You, you know, it's very clear. It doesn't have to be long when you use stationary like that. Yeah. Well, it's it's modeling the way. And and we, we talked about educators before, but I think, and I'll make a comment, and then you certainly can comment on it as well. The, the biggest influence that, that kids have is their parents. And if they could see their parents or if there's their parents said, uh, you know, we're going on the way to school. If you're driving to school and they would you hold this mail for me? I've got to drop this off after I drop you off at school. Oh, what is this, mom? Well, I send I'm sending a note to your grandmother and I'm sending a note to Uncle Fred. And that kind of models the way. And I think we're missing a lot of that, too, in in our own homes, Elizabeth. I'm, I'm afraid you're right. And and I, I I would love to think that my book would have a little impact on that. But um because it's it's out of sight, out of mind, um, and we do get distracted. We do get. Um, I, I do think it's interesting, Jack. I think COVID made a lot more people think about it than they had done before, which was great for the timing of my book. I mean, we we were separated; we couldn't see each other. So I think that there was a little bit more of a of a shift towards um, back to writing notes. Um, it's also interesting. My daughter is forty in her early forties, and She's a fabulous note writer, um, but I, you know, not everybody is, but she, but there are some in that generation that are picking up the mantle. Well, happily, this, this has been great, great conversation. And, and, and I, I can't let you go without at least broaching the subject of uh, AI and chat GPT. Um, you know, someone could say, well, geez, we got chat GPT. I could just go in and give them a few criteria and chat GPT could come up with something. Um, I, I find that to be unfortunate but that you can't use human emotion to just write a simple note, but what are you seeing around chat GPT? How, what impact is that having on writing notes? You know, you asked the question and I don't, and I have not seen the impact yet. Um, I think it's inevitable. I, I um, like ChatGPT myself, but I don't use it, have never used it for my note writing. I've used it for, um, I've used it as a research tool and I've used it to generate ideas or blog post titles and things like that. Um, I can see a very legitimate place, um, particularly, and I would, I hope people will take the effort to, to do a draft, but to run a draft through it and ChatGPT may be able to come up with some if you say, please uh, give me uh, some effective wording, more effective wording for this and, and that kind of thing. But I, I think it's, um, and if people really are struggling, um, they certainly can go to chat GPT and, and say, um, give me 10 templates 
or 10 samples of a, of a sympathy note for suicide or, you know, specific situations and boy, they'll get some answers. And it, it, if they will use it as a tool and just to generate ideas, that's great. But I would, I would hate to see it. Um, I would hate to see it replace our, our doing it, doing it ourselves. But I had a, I heard a writer say, and I love this. She, she, she was hearing a lot of writers, authors bemoaning AI being the de demise of, of originality. And she said, we just have to double down on being human. Hmm. And I love that. I thought, okay, we can do that. We can double down on being human. Yeah, Notes absolutely. is a good way to do that. Well, it's a great way to end our program. How I, I'm very sure that you're getting a lot of requests for speaking engagements and uh, uh, other people saying, well, you know, how can you come into my bank and teach my bankers how to use this book to, to be more effective? Um, how do I get a hold of you, Elizabeth, if I want to either buy your wonderful book or maybe engage you uh, to speak, et cetera? Well, thank you. I Probably the easiest is just through my website, uh, heartspoken.com and heartspoken.com forward slash contact has um, has a form and actually has my email and um, all the different social media ways to do it. Um, if they want to know more about the book, it's heartspoken.com forward slash book. And, um, and if they want to sort of stay in touch through my newsletters, it's heartspoken.com forward slash newsletters. But I welcome, I do do, I do speak and I have been actually um, very, I ha, did not have the, the, the commercial or corporate um, audience in mind when I wrote the book uh, ex, until I got about halfway through. And then I thought, no, and I added a chapter called Take It to the Office. But that is the group that has picked up as much as any group in terms of asking me to come speak. I've been very um, touched by that. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Elizabeth, congratulations on the book again. It's absolutely marvelous. <clears throat> and thank you for your time. I really appreciate your friendship and uh, and your kind note. And I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be seeing each other down the line. Absolutely, Jack. And I appreciate you. And, and a shout out to Larry Levine for putting us together. You bet. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks again, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers with my guest, Elizabeth Cottrell. This and every program is brought to you by our great friends at Vertical IQ and RelPro. Join us next time for more special guests bringing you marketing, sales and leadership insights and ideas that will provide your bank or credit union that competitive edge you need to succeed. This LinkedIn Live show is also a podcast. Subscribe and get the latest edition of Jack Rants with Modern Bankers and leave us a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and others. Visit our website as well, themodernbanker.com, for more information. And don't forget to sign up for that free public library at themodernbanker.com slash public library. And of course, make today and every day a great client day. <laughs>